Hey, what's up, everybody? No Paul again this week. He's actually traveling. Uh, don't know where he's traveling to this time, but he's busy. Probably so somewhere cool. Somewhere cooler than the office. That's right. So this week we're going to be talking a little bit about uh moving from residential to commercial and kind of how you go about that. And me personally, I don't really know because I've been commercial my entire career, but this guy right here has actually <clears throat> made the switch uh, early on. So he'll do most of the talking and <laughs> we'll see what, uh, what he's got to say. So today, if there's anybody out there who wants to uh, uh, be included in the conversation, please speak up and feel free to, to reach out and join the conversation. Um, like, like Damon said, the starting, uh, sorry, my voice is horrible. Okay, uh, starting out in flooring, we were a combination of, or I was, and the, the gentleman that we worked with was a combination of residential and commercial. Um, never really chose a side um, until him and his partner split up, and then then we veered over to commercial. But uh, for me, the experience was—I'm gonna be honest—residential is not for everyone. Um, it wasn't for me. I, I don't feel like uh, the setting was my strength to begin with, only because I—I I know what it's like to to have someone in your home and I just I felt like I was always invading on someone someone else's privacy. Uh you know they, they allowed you in your home and your home is supposed to be your your sanctuary. Um it's 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 your kingdom and it's yours alone and, and I always felt a little odd being in there to be honest. Um and maybe that's just uh my upbringing, right? Um you want to be respectful of other people's property, um their belongings, their their area. Uh, so when we did transition more towards the commercial side, I was extremely happy about that. Um, uh, the commercial side is just just a, a lot more. I want to say freedom, but that's definitely changed over the past ten years or so. But the uh, the freedom on the commercial side was not having to deal with the homeowners yeah. being like. Um, <clears throat> I was just, we were just talking about this a little bit ago about how you see some of the pictures on Facebook and, you know, it's, you know, these guys working over here and then the homeowner in a chair, like five, six feet away from them, just watching them all day long. And a lot of, uh, sorry, mom, our mother is over here coughing. Yeah, that's just her saying hi in her own special way. Um, but it's like, we call them helicopters. We used to call them helicopters, right? And they, they used to bother me too up until uh there there becomes there's a point in your career where you don't really care who's watching you anymore because you're not doing anything wrong in it even if you do mess up you know how to fix it it's not like it's uh you need to try and hide anything it's like oops my bad let me go grab this over here and fix this real quick usually my oops was cutting myself up. <laughs> like oh uh yeah i'll be right back um, now the it's just a, it's just a different setting. Um, understanding the difference uh, as far as communication with the homeowner versus a commercial site where you're dealing with other trade in general, um, the communication aspect is a lot different. And I feel there's more etiquette involved in residential, 
And that's probably why in my younger years, I didn't really like it, right? Because I there was too much structure that needed to be in place for me. And I was a little rough around the edges uh, when I was younger. I was not... Um, I was not the easiest person to talk around. I and I struggle with this to, to this day. Is I, I have a very, very thin filter. And back then I had no filter. I didn't understand uh, the concept of uh, utilizing filter or doing a time and a place. And being able to sh turn it on and shut it off yeah, at will. Yeah, that was uh, that was more difficult when I was younger, um, because I, I had a, a different mindset. If if you didn't like me, then oh well. Chances are I don't like you either. Like that was my mindset when I was you know, 18, 19, 20, uh, probably 21 too. But um, when I, you, you go from, from the household and, and the residential setting, uh, whether it's um, like HUD homes or any of that type of, of work to you know the, the high-end uh, portion, there's a very broad spectrum there, right? Like there's a lot you can get away with in certain scenarios, but um, I'll be honest, I was never in those you know, half million dollar homes or a million dollar homes. Uh, I don't think that our skill set when I was that young and, and the gentleman that I worked with or for, um, that wasn't something they went after either. And, and thank you. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. That could have put me in a different position for sure. Could have messed up a lot more stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It could have. Um, uh, and it's all mindset. Some guys, man, some guys are just like built for for that. Like, uh, you know, my buddy John Steyer, Steyer for in Iowa, that, that guy is built for the residential aspect. Um, he's just, he understands people, right? And, and that's been his, his line of work. And it takes, it takes a certain person to thrive in, in that atmosphere, that environment. Um, could I do it now? Yeah, 100%. I'm fine now. Like, I understand now. It's a little bit different. Uh, I'm a little bit different, a lot different. Um, and everyone is a little more understanding. But the commercial industry is is where I find my comfort. I will always re remain comfortable in any commercial setting. Um, and that kind of falls under the, uh, what, what's it called? Um, like the apartment units. Multifamily, uh, multifamily, yeah, it falls under there too. Like assisted living, I know that that that's where they live and is you know their residence. But to me, I still consider that commercial projects. Um, and then transitioning over was super easy, super helpful. Uh, it, it was more our strength anyway. Give me, you know, fifty thousand square feet, we're going to perform rather than a five thousand square foot home where I just. Felt like you were in a well, it, even five thousand square foot home, still a big home. Yeah, and I yeah, think that's, that's one of the the things that Paul probably wanted to talk about too was because you you get these guys that are you know strictly residential and they're one two man operations, and then once you get into a commercial setting, I mean, there's sometimes where we have five, six, seven people on one project for you know months straight, and just one having the manpower to be able to do something like that and not you know kill yourself, work yourself to the ground, but also, you know, you're looking at <clears throat> um, the the cost of the product. If you're selling the product, you're going from, you know, having a, a house that's a couple thousand square feet where you're coming out of pocket, you know, essentially a few grand to 
I mean, some some of these commercial projects are yeah. That's uh, that's above what what we're trying to do right now, you guys. So don't get that wrong. But, but still, that can facilitate that. When when you look at you know some of these groups, it's um. I mean, even if you look at Home Depot and, you know, the box stores and stuff like that, they they want their money before they even start any work. Right. And, you know, a lot of the flooring stores are like that as well. And probably the guys that are doing residential, it's like you're going to give me my at least half of my money up front. And then, you know, we're going to get payment incrementally or right after the work starts when you're working with commercial, um, trying to do everything by yourself, full service. You're looking at, you know, waiting months before you get any payment. It's like there, there's so much more paperwork and stuff on the office end that you don't have to deal with when you're residential. You don't have to deal with, you know, um, yeah. AIA billing and, you know, putting stuff on certain documents in order and having to get it notarized even before you get paid. That's, you know, something that we had to learn as we went to. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy too thinking that you're more or our comfort, or my comfort, your comfort, whatever our comfort is in the commercial industry, knowing that there's more rules to follow when the part that I didn't like about the residential was, was the rules was you had to follow. Rules. And it's just weird to think about it like that. But um, it, it, I came into this on the installation side. So it was open space, right? Like uh, freedom to run. So to speak, um, in the commercial than it was in the residential, and I, I guess that that does come with its headache. And, and we're learning as we go. We're still learning, and we're evolving. Um, but you did say I want to touch on what you said too. Like the residential part, like he's right. Like if you're a one, two, three man operation, and you can find enough work for you guys to partner up or work together um, on stuff. Exactly on this camera today. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. Um, then. The residential is kind of right up your alley, right? So if you're one of those individuals that likes working alone, works for you, by yourself, or, or you want help every now and then, the residential is a lot easier to uh, maintain uh, or be successful at than commercial. Um, you know, it all has its challenges. It's this niche. Um, but if you are... <clears throat> If you have ADHD and you just need a thousand things to do on one project, then commercial is where it's at. Um, I, I don't know how else to explain it, but um, some people just uh, love the, the wide openness of the commercial. Some people love the residential, but um, I think it might be, what do you transition wise? Do you think it's easier for a residential guy to transition to commercial or the other way around? I think it's easier for a commercial guy to transition into residential because we've seen that more often than we've seen residential guys going to commercial because you you have to you have to be willing to create a team if you're going to do commercial right because if you're if you just want to work by yourself then re residential is the way to go because you're working in a smaller space on projects that you can handle yourself with just you and a guy. But if you're looking at, you know, some of these bigger commercial projects, that's when it takes more people. So a lot of the guys that we've yeah. seen transition into the residential from the commercial have not had a hard time really. And they enjoy what they do still. And I mean, you think about a couple of years ago when you, you we, we seen the, 
the residential market shooting off, right? And the commercial was not really, you know, tanking or anything, but it was just steady. So what did they do? They they were like, man, all these houses are being built and I know some builders, I'm just going to switch over. And now, you know, we're getting calls from some of these guys and it's like, hey, what do you got going on? Because, I mean, even through the chamber, you you go to the meetings and they that's what they'll say. They see everything in the residential side kind of uh, slowing down a little bit and the commercial side is actually taking off a little, a little bit more than it has been, I think. Especially the multifamily. So, and, and, and you know, and that's one thing too, a multifamily is going to be able to to feed both, both uh, monsters, right? Commercial and residential because... Essentially, that's what it is. This this a residential project on a commercial scale. I think that's that's a good way yeah. to do it. And you you get a mixture, right? Because a lot of the multifamilies that I've been seeing come across the desk are like they'll still have the the stretch carpet in the units mm -hmm. in the, like the bedrooms, but then in the kitchen and stuff, it would be glue down LVP or sheet vinyl or sheet vinyl instead of the the click stuff. Yeah. But then the common areas will have a uh, commercial glue down uh, carpet or resilient as well. But I think um, if you are looking to make a switch and you are doing res residential, even, you know, full service selling the materials and, and everything, I don't, you know, a lot of these guys like go through like floor source or something or they have partnerships with yep. the stores. But if you're looking to get in the commercial, I 100% see it being beneficial for you to you know, get with a store that's doing most of the, the legwork and then just providing the labor because, I mean, that's how we did it for years and it and it worked, right? It's, you don't have that headache of chasing down the payments, having to come up with all the money up front. I mean, some of the jet projects that we've done lately, they're not even big, but it's still, you know, 60, 70, $70,000 worth of material that you're pretty much saying, here and I'll see you in a few months. Yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking, um, but you know it's it's part of the process, part of the learning. Right, because I'm even the other day, you know, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, had someone message me on Facebook and he's like, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting into this multi-family type deal. It has 256 units, and I was just wondering, you know, he was asking me about measurements, about, you know, how do I do pricing? I'm usually not doing stuff. And it's like, man, at 256 units plus the hallways, plus the stairwells, I said, you're probably looking at, you know, quarter million dollars easy, just the material that you're going to have to flow. It's like, not only that, it's, <laughs> it's, he he's working with someone that they want him to supply the material and everything. And it's like, Man, do you even have the accounts to be able to 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 order this yeah, stuff? How are you going to leverage that? Is mm -hmm. Two is when uh, when they're at the, the starting line and they they fire uh, the pistol. What are you going to do for labor? You know, do you have all that in place? Uh, can you have all that in place? Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of variables to think about it. You know, and and I I go out like this and I tell people like this. Uh, you know, because we have we have a, a sized project that we know is outside of what we can handle, right? Like we understand everybody has limitations. Um, even if we do reach out to our network and, and try to, to to use some of the guys and the installers that we know for uh, for help. There there is no project too small, but there is definitely a project that is too big. And knowing your limitations 
on that right away will help you a lot. Like I, I think that at some point we may have taken on more than we could chew. Um, and it didn't always start like that because scheduling is all over the place in commercial. Residential is actually fairly easy to schedule as long as you have the material. Uh, but commercial, there's a lot, a lot of variables that that push you back or want you to, to get pushed up. And and I think uh, we've been to the point where we were working way too much to accommodate everybody else's schedule changes. Um, thinking that we were going to lose work if we said we can't accommodate. Um, and, you know, in some cases we might have. Um, and in some cases we probably do right now, but um, it's okay to say no, or I'm sorry, that was, I cannot accommodate that schedule change. Right. And if you're thinking about, you know, I definitely feel free to, to reach out to us. And, you know, like I said, someone on Facebook reached out to me with questions and man, this, all we want to do is give you the information to make you make the right decision, but we can't make it for you. Right. You're going to do whatever you want to do. <clears throat> so just, just be informed. Right. And, and that's what, that's what we're here for to inform everyone and just kind of let you know what we've been through. And I think if you, if you are making the switch, looking back, um, that's, that's the best bet is to get with, you know, another, a, a, a contractor, a foreign contractor in your area and start on the labor aspect only and see how far that can take you before you even think about, you know, doing any, at least any big projects. I mean, we've done, you know, projects where it's just even at, at schools when we were first starting to sell it's like yeah. you know a few rooms here and a few rooms there and it's like when when you're when you're self-funding it's hard to uh hard to watch that money go out and not knowing when it's gonna yeah. gonna return it's, it's easy to overextend your finances because i mean it you can look at it like you're going to get it back but when timing is very important extremely important timing can make or break you for sure right <clears throat> so you know just going back to those those when they pay when residential you're essentially asking for money up front you're getting it and then you're getting your money pretty much as soon as you're done um we have commercial projects that we i've been waiting for payment for probably two months now mm -hmm. and you know we have some contracts or some bids proposals that go out and they come back and it's like, hey, you you're asking for, you know, a net 15 or a net 30 and it's we pay net 45 or a net 60. Is that okay? And I mean, that's a, a matter of absolutely we will work with you because we want the work. It's if we say no, they probably are not going to change their their pay schedule to accommodate you. And and on the other hand, you may already have some relationships with contractors and they understand, uh, you know, all these small or these large contractors started out in a position where they they couldn't afford to, to do what they're doing now. They, they weren't at that size. And some of them understand that, you know what, like if they see value in you, then they will, they may, not they will, they may bend the rules a little bit, but I would not make it a habit on asking um, but just be transparent, like 100%. Be transparent. If you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. But don't lead them to believe you can when you can't. Um, that's just it, nobody likes to have egg on their face. Um, 
you know, on another note, um, you salesmen, flooring stores out there, you know, chances are one of your guys' uh, installers or one of the crews has someone out there who gets a lot of phone calls about uh, work and selling product. They don't want to deal with it. They defer that. But if you guys have meetings with them and say, hey, um, if you guys ever get these uh, phone calls or get clients asking you this or that about a product, if you supply it or if you can or if you want to, um, and it's, I mean, obviously it's not stepping on your toes, right? Like you, you want to bite the hand that feeds you. Um, it could generate more revenue for you guys too, but man, be honest, give them a piece of the pie. You know what I mean? That, that's like, where we say partnerships, right? That's yeah. what you're doing. You're being transparent and creating partnerships rather than creating someone that's trying to go behind your back and they're, they're going to end up doing, doing it anyways. You might as well take your piece while you can. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, for a long time I was in the field and doing all, I want to say all, doing a lot of office work as well. Right. And, and I think at one point it got so busy, uh, me taking care of phone calls and, and estimates and labor quotes and all that, that I was having, um, I was spending less and less time on the floor on projects when I needed to be spending more. And I was putting my guys from, you know, eight to 10 hour day to a 12 hour day. Um, but also when I was uh, on the floor doing the installs, it was, I was go, go, go. No lunch, no break, because I know I'm going to get a phone call. I know I have a meeting. I know I got to leave for an hour, you know, and I have a half hour drive. You know, and I'm going to lose three hours. Uh, or I would send the guys home and I would stay and make up for that time. So I was really not doing myself any favors. But uh, my mom's trying to technology over there with a very easy thing. Um, Is it out of paper? Um, anyway, guys, sorry. Um, do you want to help her a little bit? No, just leave it alone, mom. We'll do it when we're done. Um, what was I at? Sorry. <laughs> spending too much time on the phone and not yeah. enough time on um, the floor so then the transition to, to the office part was in order for me to justify being more available for um, um, our clients or partners um, I had to start making additional funds on the sales portion and that's where the partnerships come into play like hey I have a client looking for this uh, can I purchase material through you, but leave me a little bit of room for the margin. And, and, and that's how it really started. Um, once again, I wasn't responsible for the, the finances out of pocket, but I did owe them the dollars and cents once everything was said and done. So um, that did help with a little bit of the transition from, from labor to sales. But the only thing that would help transitioning anyone from residential to commercial would be know what you're getting into call somebody ask questions do not partner up with another installation company and yeah. you know get your feet wet on a few jobs because it's it is it, the the market from residential to commercial is totally different and that's why you know we love commercial and that's why residential guys love residential yeah and um <clears throat> and just for the residential guys who are who are making the transition hey just understand there's a lot more science involved in commercial. There's a lot more for you to understand and to know in the commercial world. And I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at any residential guy because, or, or office, it's just, there is way more that could go wrong in a commercial setting 
than there is in a residential setting, depending on what type of residential. Right, because you're, if you're just doing carpet day in and day out and you're stretching, you're not really worried about uh, moisture readings or anything. But if you do wood, you're all, you're constantly having to check the moisture of the wood to make sure that it's within tolerance of the product you're installing anyway. So like you said, it's it depends on, on what you're you're dealing with. But in commercial, I mean, you're dealing with concrete a large majority of the time. And if you're not, if you don't keep everything, you know, set, you make sure that you have your readings and everything uh, and something comes just pops up and it's like oh what's the the moisture content and it's like i don't know well <laughs> or if you go what's moisture content right sounds oh. like it's your fault right away <laughs> Ooh, um and no we didn't we didn't start out like that it didn't always uh we didn't start out knowing everything we just uh ended up uh learning well, as we went we, so. we've been on that when someone is like well what's the moisture content and you're like don't know like didn't know that was my deal and then when, once you start reading uh all the specs it's like yeah the installer needs to know like, like you don't have to do the testing but you need to know what those uh moisture results are before you proceed because as soon as you start spreading that adhesive you're owning that project yeah and, and you know he makes a good point too so if you are transitioning from residential to commercial in the residential world, they, the, a lot of the stores rely on the installer to give them information, and they use that information uh, for their their terms with their client, right? Um, and that's what pretty much writes up the contract. It's just an understanding that it, it's limited. Um, but when you move over to the commercial side and say you're doing labor only, um, if you don't really know what is entailed or what's included in the contract between the flooring store or the flooring contractor or trade partner that you are working through to do the install, um, you could be putting yourself in a very, very bad position um, because they may miss something and you need to be able to um, to catch up to that. You need to be able to understand what the terms are so you understand what's in your scope because if you're not working with someone you trust or who's reputable, they may defer the failure or anything that goes wrong right back onto you and that's not what you want well um, you're talking about you know stuff like that and change orders with homeowners are pretty much on the fly you're dealing with the homeowner already anyways and in the commercial world some of the the documents i i've seen you know they state right in there you know any additional work even if you get something signed is not going to be be paid to you unless a change order is issued so you have to you know, go through more hoops and it just, it really does suck sometimes because sometimes it just puts you in a spot to your, if you're like, if I don't do this, I can't continue. So do I just continue and then worry about it later? Or, I mean, they, they probably run into that on residential too, but it's easier to get into contact with a homeowner than it is to go through the, the chain of command on a commercial project. Yeah. I mean, the person Essentially, you are bumping elbows with the person who is paying the final bill um, in residential, unless it's an investor who's never there, right? Um, and you can get in verbal, you can talk face to face, say, hey, we ran into this situation. Hey, look what we found. Commercials, um, I, I wish it was that easy. I do remember when it used to be a handshake uh, in an agreement, and then you're, you're good, right? But um, times have definitely changed. 
Uh, there's no more. I mean, there is handshakes, and, and there are people that you can still trust that will follow through on what they say they will do. Um, however, there are still uh, documents in place and systems in place to make sure of that. It's just you can trust someone and give them a handshake and understand that they are going to, to come through without the documentation mm -hmm. like that right there, then you can go ahead and continue on and um, with forward progress on, on the project itself. Look, I think this one's going to be a quick one today. You've got to get your son over to practice. Mm -hmm. Paul's traveling and uh, we don't really have any. Jose was on here for a little bit. He said that he's uh, making the, the transition right now. And it's, it is, it's, it's a different world, but I mean, it's definitely a really good world to be in. So if you do want to get into commercial, like I said, my advice is to get with a flooring contractor in your area and start out with labor only. So you're not eating the cost of all that material right away. Plus, learn. plus, you know, will these manufacturers or distributors even open you up an account? We, when yeah. we, when we made the switch from, you know, labor only to full, full service, there was some distributors and manufacturers that told us straight up, no, we're not going to yeah. even open you an account because of the other people around you. And it wasn't until, you know, they start seeing, seeing you constantly like, Hey, this is legit. We're actually doing this. Then they're like, all right, we'll, we'll work with you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we like, Hey, I really need this. If you don't sell it to me, I'm going to go over here. Like I, I, I need to figure this out. And just have a conversation with them because I, I understand their aspect, right? Nobody wants to saturate the market with, uh, with a sales team, right? They don't want, you know, in an area that's got 20 stores, they don't want their product at 20 stores and have everyone bumping heads against one another. Um, I get it. I understand. Um, however, you know, hey, let their margins separate them. Right. But their, their skills separate them. That's one of the things, too, is working with your margins, because when you do get into commercial, a lot of it is low bid rules all until you have a, a stronghold on what your your niche is right and um there's been there was a project that we lost when was that last week or the week before when it's like on it was like a just over a, a hundred grand and you know we were within four thousand dollars of the low bid and it was like sorry like that's all it takes is you know less than four percent you put all that work into getting these proposals together. They look through all of your details. They bypass all that. They look at the numbers, say, oh, yep, this is the lowest one. We're going to go there. Um, it, not always, but that does happen more often than not. Um, you'll, you'll get the 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 clients that that love you enough to where, you know, you're the you're the only person that they're going to call. And yeah. we love those clients. So I guess uh, I guess we're going to I'm going to have to close this out on my end pretty soon, pretty quick. But in closing, for me, is um, here are my thoughts, my opinions. If you are in the residential um, market as an installer or even sales, uh, just the margins there uh, could potentially be a lot greater um, than the margins in the commercial. Um, and I'm just saying, like, you have a, a sale in a house and say the average house for flooring on what a 2,000 square foot house. Uh, up and down is anywhere between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars, depending on what you're selling. You're going to have an opportunity to make a, a better margin on, on, on that project. 
Um, but if you go to a 2,000 square foot commercial project, um, the margins on that uh, are hard, hard no in comparison. Like they're just substantially lower because the the market is uh, a little more cutthroat, I would say. Um, yeah, but I think, you know, depending on the speed, we can do, personally, we can do, you know, that 2,000 square foot commercial a lot faster than we'd be able to do the residentials. So, right, right. And it all depends on what your strength. So, uh, if you're one of those people that just like to be wide open and full throttle, uh, commercial is where it's at. If you're, um, I'm not saying don't be meticulous, but um, just having that freedom to roam. But if you are one of the individuals that, likes to go in and um, have an easier day or week, so to speak, right? And take your time, move things around um, you know, for the, the customer, the client, or your, your trade partner, then residential is, is a little bit more um, slower pace for, for individuals like that. Uh, to each their own. Um, I, I like where we're at in our percentages right now. So it's Constantly working on those, work in progress yeah. all the time. But yeah, if you guys got any questions, you guys uh, should know where to reach us by now. If not, you know, our first name, Daniel or Jose at preferredfloringmi.com, or like I said before, and we, we shortened it. So at pfmi.team will probably be easier, but a lot of people, even after that, they're like, well, is there like a dot com after that? It's like, no, just dot team. That's it. But all right, guys. Hope uh, you enjoyed this one and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Good one.